Hello and welcome to the Halloween episode of Bourbon and Blood, because Halloween is, wait, this comes out Monday, so Halloween's Thursday, Thursday. Yeah. four days. I don't know why, <laughs> but we chose to do The Haunting, which is a terrible movie. So bad. Right out the gate, we'll just say it. And here we go! Welcome back, listeners. I'm Danny, and one of the hosts, of course, and I'm joined as ever by... Just spew it out. Man. And we're joined by our awesome two best friend guests. I'm Jazz. And I'm Trevor. And they're here to talk with us about The Haunting. Jazz, tell us what this movie's about. Oh, man. This movie is about... I don't even know. I feel confused by the whole thing. Yeah, it's hard to actually put the plot together because it finally like, comes together in a very weird way in the end where you find out the lineage and uh, that this the main character actually should probably know the evil spirit in the movie because she calls him uh, her grandpa. So she should actually know this guy in the movie, and that's weird. So this movie is about family. Yeah, this it's based on the Shirley Jackson novel from a long time ago. There's been 8,000 different remakes of this. Let me tell you, right off the get-go before we get into this, it's close to the Shirley Jackson novel because it's got the the psychologist that comes in, the one and the person who has ESP and that can talk to stuff. And there's the, the school teacher who brings them all in for an experiment. This movie is wrong in the lineage, though, because Lucas or Luke, the guy, he's actually the son of the people that lived in the house before in the Shirley Jackson novel. Mm-hmm. And if you watch the Netflix series, Luke is a main character. So the they're all Luke, main characters in the Netflix series. Well, all these characters aren't introduced in Netflix. Only Luke is a character. Nope. Theo, Eleanor. Yeah, but they use the all... names. They're not actually family. Well, right. Well, they took well the Netflix it. series is different. Though. Yeah. Like, it's an adaptation. Yeah. But it seems like they expanded off of that first scene in the movie where she got that call. We don't know where this person was from. We don't know where this person was from. It, it, we assume from the next scene that it was her friend or someone from the uh, scientific world that invited her into this. But that is actually, I, from what I'm interpreting, from what you're saying, that's actually how every character is. They all have something to do with this family. In the well, book. In the book, yeah, yeah. Or in the Netflix. I, in, the Nef- in the Netflix theory. series, they do, but... In all the other ones, it's just, like, a rando group of people brought together by, like, a scientist or something, like, to stay in a haunted house. Like That's in, the basic premise. Yeah. In one of them, they'll get, you know, they get paid $10,000 if they can stay. That's the, the Vincent That's Price the Vincent movie. That's the Vincent Price one. I feel like if you have a movie or anything that just, like, will give you $10,000 if you stay. If you can stay you the can night. Stay overnight, you know that's not... Or, Research no, like yeah. I would also do that in a heartbeat if uh, it's haunted as hell. Well, for sure. Not if it had that fucking 
like carousel room. Mm-mm. I yes, yeah, still for ten thousand circus music blaring. No, I'm out. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Cell room is worth it, but the face coming down from the ceiling and devastating your room definitely not worth it. I can't sleep in that room afterwards. Let's break down some scenes of this movie. Let's start with the terrible intro of Eleanor and her apartment, and the real star of the movie, Richie, the demon possessed <laughs> child. The little fucker who just decides to knock things off every counter and well, wasn't he like being a little bit haunted by the mom or the when he was like, I have to pee, ha ha ha, and it did like an old lady cackle, like Eleanor, wake up, yeah, he's in the lineage, right? Yeah, yeah it's, it's true. The nephew, like I actually thought he had lead poisoning. Maybe. Why? What? What it brought you to that? Like he has a, a cognitive impairment, and it just seemed <laughs> like he was really struggling personally, and I, I felt really bad for the child. Uh, poisoning is what that child is messed up. Yeah, yeah he's yeah, well. He's just a spoiled like little you know, bitch. little rich kid. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Eleanor's been the caretaker for her sick mother, like. Forever. Giving first. 11 years, is that what she said? Let's, Something like that? Let's talk about Eleanor. Lily Taylor is mm-hmm. what you said? Yeah. How does she always look like she's crying? How is her eyes always glazed They're and bad. sad looking? Like, I it's don't always. Oh, that's why she always. Every movie. I know. She looks like she's about to cry. Yep. That's trauma for you, right? Insomnia, lack of, you know, yeah. ability to handle emotions. We're talking about epigenetics here. <laughs> <laughs> There's a scene later in the movie where all uh, other characters are just, it looks like they're gathered around a fire just having a casual conversation when she comes in very frantic and uh, her makeup is very clear around her eye. It's very, very red and everyone else is just like normal, casual makeup and it, it brings out that difference big. Like they really make her emotional state a thing in this movie and I think it's kind of weird because it, it kind of borders on uh, hysteria, hysterical, giving this thing to a woman uh, about children that is, um, it's, it's too much uh, because it's stereotypical. You know, I told Trevor to not be too sexual on this, but now he just sounds too scientific. It's almost like we have like a professor telling us the history. It's funny, like, she, like, so they're in High Fidelity together, her her and Catherine Zeta-Jones, and they play, like, the the same same character character in those, in the movies, too. Like, Catherine Zeta-Jones is the very, like, sexual, like, you know, free, artistic spirit, and, like, Lily Taylor is the sad, like... (laughs) crying like I feel like that drives home my previous point they really make that feminine role even more juxtaposed against this free spirit which is something that she it looks like she wants it seems like she wants but she can't have mm-hmm. her family doesn't want her to have it which just makes it very sad and like I don't think a true representation of like femininity <laughs> but can I bring a way different point please, into this? Please, yes. Please. So I was really proud of this movie because right off the bat, I feel like it talked about a topic that is very, uh, it's completely different. Like the realities of homelessness, right? Like this woman, <laughs> she has been caretaking for her mother for 11 years and suddenly she's without a job. She's without a person who brings in 
income. And her sister's like, we're going to sell the apartment. Right. She's Peace. confronted by family who don't necessarily care about the situation that she's in. They've Become not cared about her before. Sir. Well, yeah. And then they're like, you can come live with us and take care of our demon take child. Take demon Richie. Child who's like re-traumatizing you with the stick on the wall, you know? I mean, but I was proud. I thought it was a good representation of other ways that mm-hmm. people become homeless. So, mm-hmm. um, one that we don't often talk about. Very good. That's Very too good. deep. I think this movie... You constantly see in the apartment live, laugh, love kind of posters like home is where the heart is. And that's whole theme throughout the whole movie. I think this is really just like a bullshit live, laugh, love story. It's it's really just a Hallmark movie. It's a Hallmark. These children need me. Home is where the heart is. These are all cross stitch paintings that we can have or pictures we can have in our walls. I see. I see your breath right now. Oh, my God. Does that mean we are recording in the garage so the children could sleep because home is where the heart is. Scary Wolverine grandpa is coming together. Yeah, let's talk about Ebenezer Scrooge. That portrait of him. In everyone's portrait, they have them represented as the most handsome version of themselves. So imagine how but ugly this He had was. to be, because he was a dog Absolutely. in those portraits. Yowza. He was hideous. Yeah. He, he had great mutton chops. <laughs> he did. He owned uh, some kind of factory or something, some kind of production thing. I don't know what, that employed children. Yeah, employed children, and he burned a bunch of them? Killed, or they died, and he just, like, burned them in his fireplace that's the size of my house. Like, (laughs) so... This is a a good point to real quick mention. Stephen King, Stephen Kang, he wrote... (laughs) Stephen Kang! (laughs) He wrote the first, what was it, screen? The draft, yeah. The first first draft of this movie. They didn't like it. So he went on to make a movie called Rose Red for TV. Much better interpretation of what he was like, what this movie should have been. I mean, I know Haunting of Hill House on Netflix is an even better surpassing them all. But Rose Red, if you get a chance, that is a sweet movie. with I mean, basically the same premise. It's good. The thing that sucks about Rose Red is that all of like the special effects are very dated. Right. They're also like, made for TV. Yeah. So it's it's just one of those like. Stephen King made for TV. That is a Stephen King thing, thing is that he wants and his effects to look weird and not super realistic, right? Well, I just mean in terms of it being like 1993 or whenever yeah. the fuck it came right. out. And watching now, you're just like, oh. Well, the special <laughs> effects in this movie are garbage, too. But yeah. it also fits with the 90s. Like, like 13 Ghosts or... Ghost Ship or any of those like nineties oh horror movies, the special effects are just this movie would have benefited so much if they did more practical effects. Like just have someone push their face through a fake wall like they did in Nightmare on Elm Street, and it's way more effective than a like a CGI. Yeah. They really had one effect in this is face face. Face uh, of a child going ooh, ooh. <laughs> through a wall. Face coming through a curtain. Face Face in smoke. Yeah. Yeah. That was really the special effect in this. Otherwise, it was a realistic effect of uh, a thing swinging through a fireplace or opening up a uh, ash bin and dust coming out, which is just a 
realistic effect, right? Oh, and we'll the banging of the doors too. I mean, oh, that's, that's right. Also part the pipes. Of this. They showed that that was the pipes. Though. It wasn't really the pipes. That's just what they excused it to be. Because someone was actually pushing that door. Maybe I guess. I, I mean, have not a, pipes. I have a great idea that the designer of this house made it such that when you open up a window, air moves through the house such that it sounds like a very spooky place. There's so many rooms, so many options for air to move. Just open up one window and it goes Just create little wind tunnels everywhere. It's a really it's a really spooky house. It's I a don't, beautiful house. I mean, it's beautiful, but also like completely uninviting and you don't want to fucking stay there. Let's Shit. talk about the red room. The room that Eleanor is in the whole time, even though everything keeps going wrong. Why don't they move her to another room in this house? There's a gigantic house. Tape over the window. It's fine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, first we got the organ bed with chair baby staring down at you and spikes hanging over your head. Yeah. Very comforting for yeah. a sleep study. I think I saw it in a tempermedic, tempermatic, <laughs> Tempur commercial, tempermedic commercial, <laughs> tempermedic podcast brought to you by Cherubber Ghost. <laughs> the best sleep you'll ever the have. Best sleep when you die. Oh, let's talk about carousel room while we're talking about the house. What was the purpose of it? Why? Because it's just a freaky, weird house. Yeah, it was like. Open the door, floor spinning instantly, circus music everywhere, it's mirrors mirror spinning. going. The first time they entered, they loved it. Yeah, they were like little kids. They got out of there really fast. Like, I wouldn't be able to find my way back to the door yeah, after really being on the They had three different sections of the wall, each one having a bucket and a mop just sitting perfectly so it looked like an everlasting yeah. reflection. You gotta that's appreciate details. Like, that's dedication. Yeah. Your architecture. Well, that's the groundskeeper. This is the kind of intentionality you get when you hire someone to do a thing. When Bruce Dern works for you, he doesn't. He doesn't. He, he doesn't fuck around. He gives it a hundred and ten percent. She spends a lot of her time making beat poetry. How pissed off was she when Eleanor decided to just jump in every other oh, verse? Like she, she kept looking back, like "fuck you, bitch." <laughs> In the night, yeah. in the dark. <laughs> this is my poem. <laughs> Back off. Ground, uh, groundskeepers. Oh my gosh, this guy was so weird. He just pretended like nothing was wrong the whole time. He was like, we understand that you're probably all going to die and mm -hmm. we can't do it. You're the fuckers it, that rented this fucking house. What do you want to do? Have you? No spare keys. I'm sorry, no spare keys. Have you seen... Um, have you seen Big Love? Mm -hmm. No. He's so Bruce Dern is the is Bill Paxton's dad in Big Love. Do you remember? He is so good in that show. Like he is this batshit crazy like uh, polygamist offshoot. He's fucking nutty. I so love him. He plays a nutty person no matter what. In pretty much everything yeah, he's okay. in. I mean, cool. have you seen him? He like, has the look. Yeah, he, he has the look. Has yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think it's time we jump into Owen Wilson. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you guys did that so beautifully. It was like a choir in the headphones of wows. <laughs> Four so wow count. Four did, wow count. Did anyone look up? how early in his career this was 
Did you? Oh, no, I didn't. He, you just really liked that question. Oh. <laughs> no, I, I think it's very important because I think this could place him within, uh, there's probably some portion of his career that's we'll call it the wow portion of his career. <laughs> the wow factor? And, yeah, the wow factor. And this Brother, is, look I'm, it up. I'm so this say this is probably early wow part of his career because he probably increased the wows in the so this... uh, late term and then dropped them down because they had to be very useful uh, for each individual independent uh, use of the wow after he saturated the wows. Saturated the wow market. Yeah. <laughs> because you always have that thing about him, right? People will go to see that wow. You're brilliant. You're mm -hmm. absolutely brilliant. Oh, He's shit. He did weirdo. Anaconda and Armageddon before this movie. I didn't realize he was that established already. We need to know if the list, what's the wow count of those two movies because that's the relativity. What's the average? What's by 1996? What would, is his average wow count per yeah. film? I would like a okay. not a bar graph, maybe what is the x I mean, and y wave graph? I don't know yeah, of wows. I like that. Yes, make it start. The wave that. wow. The wow wave. Maybe yeah. this can be our first meeting for our conspiracy. Uh, our conspiracy meeting is Owen Wilson saying wow in every movie. And if it means something, we'll do some numerology on the amount of times. Absolutely, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Go back to Anaconda. We're watching that whole thing. Mm -hmm. it's a you know what? I fucking love Anaconda. Did we do I that movie yet? I feel like we did. We may have. I think we did. I think we did. It's. It's good. It's good. What? You have J-Lo. You have Ice Cube. You have fucking, I mean, fuck him now, John Voight. Like, yeah. But <laughs> he's a crazy motherfucker in that. Owen Wilson. There's, like, other people, too. Awesome. <laughs> there's awesome. a giant there's anaconda. Other people. There's an anaconda. It's great. And I'm Love sure it. Owen Wilson says at least one out. Wow, in that movie. No, we're going back. We're going to. Yeah. We're going to do this. We're disappointed that. Owen Wilson does die. Spoilers. But if anyone's listening to this, you should have already known. <gasps> Sorry, we're telling you the ending from he a gets, shitty 1996 <laughs> movie, y'all. He gets beheaded. And we were very disappointed he did not say, wow, is that... Wow. Yeah. Was that... What is it? Lions wow. coming down with the open mouth? Like, wow. Yeah. Like, I don't understand how that giant lion flu works. Like... How does a normal person in use my, it? <laughs> so, like, in my parents' fireplace, their flu is like a easy lever that you, you know, like a chain yeah, thing that you pull open and close. Device. That is like a stone, gigantic head. Mm -hmm. What are, it how are you, how are you supposed to, like, open and close the flu with something that size that, swings around i don't understand i don't understand the physics of it and how it's supposed to work it's a death fireplace the whole fireplace was designed for death mm, that's a good point hearth, that's mean you that means you can stack lots of uh 12 or 10 year old children body just add whatever kind of fire starter you need <laughs> and it just goes um, I feel like this is a commercial for you. Yeah, Are you looking so for a fireplace that can burn up to 10 to 12 year old children? <laughs> we have the talk for you or the item for you. <laughs> One of them happens to still be alive. You just happen to open the flu. It takes their head off and you continue your fire. Enjoy mm -hmm. your tea, good sir. Mm -hmm. I'm so mm -hmm. glad that he built all of these crazy things into his house 
my question is how energy efficient was this house because ultimately the lights alone i i can't imagine the expense i feel like in this kind of house and a lot of like older ones especially like today before you guys came over we watched the haunting of hill house the old one with vincent price they're haunting on hill house it's different name i, I know, know every but, single one has a fucking different title. but it's all the same they don't have electricity in this giant house because it's too big so they have to carry candles into every room that makes more sense for a giant mansion i mean except for does it like well back <laughs> so many candles yeah i know well, and they actually light a candle next to the main character's bed after she becomes hysterical in some way or another and the room is fully lit so they try and pull from both of those ideas and it's really quite ridiculous because it seems like this house is very burnable yeah, yeah. <laughs> things have been flying around there's kindling everywhere. there's drapes yeah. that just fly in everyone's yes. face everyone's face i love the uh idea that the designer of this house really took into account how to make it as uh austere and imposing as possible you walk through a hallway you feel like you're being haunted oh, everything's lovely. looking at you all the statues have some kind of a shawl that is probably impossible to actually etch in stone because it's so delightful and scary but there's a hallway full of them there's 90 of them and that takes a lot of work and there's, there's also a hallway everywhere full of books that you have to jump on to get across that was a cool hallway yeah. i want that hallway it reminds me of Page Master. I don't know if you ever watched that '90s movie. So good. Just like books. I took the the kids. Books, I, right? Yeah. <laughs> I took the kids trick or treating today, and we went into the bookstore downtown. And I was like, "Oh, I love this smell." And both the little dudes were like, "I hate this smell." I was like, "How do you hate the smell of old books? It's just so warming." Sad fact for our gym. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it doesn't smell like an iPad. Our kids aren't that technical, so they're cool anyway. Yeah. Uh, one of the other things I loved about this is that uh, the woman, the caretaker woman of the house, what was her name? Uh, I mean, Mrs. I'm going to say. Dudley. Oh, Dudley. damn. Nice. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Mrs. Dudley uh, complained a couple times about how much dusting this house had. And as we go through the house and just take in the surface area of the <laughs> I feel so bad for this woman. One house, one housekeeper. One, there's two people, a groundskeeper and a housekeeper. And there are so many children's heads over so many beds, so many spikes to dust. How do you keep... I feel like she starts at the beginning of the week and by the end of the week she's done and then starts back where she... I mean, it would take you an entire day just to do a bathroom. Ridiculous. Maybe she's cut off. That's why they can't put Eleanor in a different room because they've just shut shut all down all the other wings. There are only three bedrooms open. The rest are closed. <laughs> I didn't dust any other rooms. You guys are staying in these rooms. <laughs> Fuck it. Exactly. Well, the house itself covers like three football fields. I'm gonna guess from the aerial from the aerial views, it covers like three football yeah. fields. It's but big. we only see maybe a half dozen rooms and three or four hallways. Yeah. So I'm gonna suggest that we only saw about one percent of this house and the rest is like full of things and cats and dust. It's like covered in sheets and cobwebs. How do we start addressing how Eleanor is treated throughout this movie? By everybody. I thought you had like a psychological talk on it. Well, I I feel like she is a 
version, a stereotypical version of a woman that is just not functional uh, given the time that we're watching this. Um, she's like so uh, maternalistic as to sacrifice herself even at the end of the movie for the well-being of these children. Ghost children. Ghost, not even living children, exactly. And that is a very weird choice to make given that you're alive and can forward change the narrative of this family. You are this family now. How could you alter who we are? Yeah. I love the line that the guy's like, for what it's worth, you're a very sensitive person and people take advantage of you all the time. (laughs) What a dickhead thing to say. Yeah, no, this doctor, I would love to know where his degree is from because ultimately this research is completely unethical and based on completely unrealistic facts about people's personality and fear factor. He probably got his license from like an online school. Like... (laughs) He got it from Specs Howard. Wait, that's not an online school. No, that's a broadcast school. Yeah, just a he, few. Well, he totally <laughs> got his his degree from Trump University. I think <laughs> he he want, he uh, sacrifices people for the well being of uh, his his yeah. goals. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think he got his degree. Doesn't from Doesn't care University. about following ethics and yeah. like feels above everything unspoken rules yeah about and when right the consequences finally come down to him he externalizes it like there are two dead people bro two right. dead people and they were so unbothered the entire time did you see liam neeson's reaction to the beheading of owen wilson he just stared he just turned his face just a little bit like god i know what's gonna happen not an terrified reaction at all if i saw one of you guys get decapitated by a giant like stone statue i would be in hysterics thank you i wouldn't just sit there and be like wow wow (laughs) (laughs) the more eleanor's story progresses she's scarier than this house like her obsession she loses it she's insane i would fear her more like, the house tries to grab Liam Neeson and drag him underwater, but he lets him go. Eleanor would not. <laughs> no, she doesn't let the house go, actually. It's yeah. the opposite of Liam Neeson. She grabs she onto it. She refuses to, yeah, to part. Mm-hmm. So, for a horror movie, we get a piano wire slashed in someone's eye. Harpsichord. Uh, glass in the hand from when he's trying to get out the window, and then the decapitation, but there's really not a lot of blood. You know what? Don't come at me with a fucking taut wire unless you're ghost ship. That's <laughs> the only... That's the only wire scenario that I will find acceptable now. Have you guys seen Ghost Ship? Oh, my God. So the opening scene, it's like... The best scene ever. It's like 1923. There's this big, like, ocean liner. Everybody's having a great time on the gala, on the ship, right? Someone tightens the sail. Uh Uh-oh, a little too tight. Uh, Twang. The cable snaps and slices everyone in half. Everyone. Everyone on the... Except for a little girl who's too small for it. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. 
Wow. It's so good. Wow. It's the so, rest of the movie is honestly, garbage. The rest of the yeah, okay, sucks. okay. The, that first scene, though, it's so awesome. It's so awesome. The movie's done after it's the first so scene. It's so good. But, like, yeah, don't come at me with a wire. I've seen Ghost no. Ship. I, I don't want it. I'm actually very happy um, after that uh, piano wire scene because the two people that win from this movie are the doctor's assistant and whoever drove her back into town. Yeah. They probably had a great dinner, had a great night. Oh my gosh, She's I want to cool see that. She's got a scar now. Why yeah, were yeah she they looks good. Even in the movie, though. Like, <laughs> they're the reason all the others are there. So, that was the first step. They needed those, like, first little victims to get them on yeah. the right path of fear. <laughs> it was actually probably a setup by the dude, uh, the doctor, by Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson to bust her face open for the fear of the contestants. That's dedication. That's dedication. I want you to be game. afraid, so I'm going to fuck up my assistants. I wouldn't do that. That's I hope she gets paid well. Well, the movie makes it pretty clear that some ghost did it because it spends like 15 seconds looking at this tension wire moving with no one touching it. Yeah, that is true. It's like showing but not telling too much, right? This house is haunted. This house is haunted. This house is haunted by a very annoying ghost at first. So it's like, I'm going to unscrew this. I'm going to unscrew that. It's not like murdering people. It's just like, I'm going to make it uncomfortable for you. Mm-hmm. Right. Make you fight your own death battle. <laughs> Why I'm, is the wa- hot, hot water not working? Oh, ghost. <laughs> I'm going to turn down the heat. Why is my breath showing in front of me? It's chilly in here. Oh, no, it's fine now. <laughs> it's, Everything's it's good. Over. It's That's yeah, that scary as said. shit. You know what's scary? When my heat turns off. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be sad and crying. No. What's How scary you, when my heat bill comes. Yes, That's another yes, thing. Yes, yes. This house is expensive. Yeah. How do you study purgatory for nine years? Oh, man. <laughs> this <was> Ellen's <laughs> like... I studied purgatory. Eleanor, yeah, she said I lived... 11 years. Because that's how, that's how long she took care of her mom. Oh, man. Uh, I thought it was like a schooling thing. No. That's a, uh, a too shady of a reference for me to the side that it's actually sad. Like, she's actually referring to the caretaking she gave to her loved one as... Like purgatory. As purgatory. Yeah, as purgatory yeah. While well, I understand it's a burden, I, I didn't even get that until you just yeah, said I it right either. now, and I'm sad. Oh, <laughs> I see. I kind of got the sense that the mom was like a bitch, abusive, I, yeah. and I like well. had always been mm-hmm. abusive. But the character seems to have this uh, push pull relationship between that abuse that actually is how she loves life, which is another thing that was very off-putting to me. It's it's what pulled her towards uh, the finding of these children. It was the initial sound of a cane rattling mm-hmm. against a wall, which that jerk kid in the first scene uh, told us is the sound of her mom asking for support. And that was the first sound that pulled her towards the mm-hmm. children. And uh, icky, icky, icky. It's icky, but I think it has a ring of truth for trauma, right? Oh, yes. I mean, Agreed. Uh, Agreed. A part of that little Eleanor got quite stuck, and unfortunately now she's at a younger state, much more likely to embrace the things of life that you, you know, that you might not. She was delighting it 
some of the weirdest yeah. things throughout the whole movie. I but love that ghosts are playing with my hair right now. Yeah, exactly. This isn't <laughs> scary at all. I mean, I would fucking love that. I love getting my hair played with. That Thank was a tight braid they were about to put on her when she right? saw the photo oh, of yeah. the woman and it gave the interpretation that was the braid they were going to mm-hmm. put on. I want that in my hair. Some little Just sit buns. back down and be like, all right, continue. Okay, cool. Do I'm it. into it. <laughs> Let me tell you about my day <laughs> as you're getting braiding my hair. <laughs> I think one of the main uh, characters of this movie was actually the Volkswagen bus yeah. in the last scene that pulled oh, up to so the gate. Sick. It was a really dope bus. Did you see um, that the electric bus is coming out in, is it next year? It's either next year or 2022. I want them to give us an electric bus, but with the old frame. I like that. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't love the new design. Yeah, it's, it's like a van. 70 grand. Oh, this podcast is we'll sponsored by Volkswagen. Please, Volkswagen, please give us sponsor this podcast. Please give us money. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. So what did you think of this movie in a whole? <clears throat> it was a ride. It gave me a lot of feelings that made me uh, really question what it was to be like a, a, a woman that wants to do good in this world to the point of sacrificing your life. Yeah. I don't, I don't, that's, this is tough. I think you're giving this movie way too much I am credits. digging way too deep. Yes, agreed. I think you're digging for like a really deep, beautiful meaning. Mm-hmm. I don't think this movie no, had a deep, beautiful right. meaning. Mm-hmm. Jazz. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, this movie takes me back to childhood. I watched this for the first time with my bestie, my best girl, Leslie. Shout out basement. to Leslie. Leslie D. <laughs> I mm-hmm. Leslie is. Because <laughs> <laughs> she didn't come to the birthday party. <laughs> Rude, Leslie. No, uh, but... It took me right back to her basement eating popcorn that was just like a little bit burnt and uh, pretzels and sleeping bags and just being a kid laughing at Eleanor all the way. We, (laughs) We always thought she was so weird. I think, so you're telling, you're saying Trevor's looking too deep into it. I don't think he is. I think because in this, Shirley Jackson like wrote with purpose. Yeah. I think this story is about femininity. It's about the roles that society places on you. And it's about feeling stifled and forced to live a life that you don't want, but you kind of have to. And then once you kind of find some freedom, you don't know bad you. things happen. Well, <laughs> I yeah. don't know. I don't know. I think there is... It's more than just like, ooh, spooky ghosts. Like, it's. I could see that a- with Shirley Jackson's writing, because I, I mean, everything I've seen other than this, I just think this movie is terrible. The story. I mean, the movie sucks. Yeah. yeah. The story that's been retold in other ways is a great story. Mm-hmm. This movie sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The good, a good saving grace for this movie, I'm just going to say it, was Catherine Zeta Jones. I think anything she's in, she's just she's, she's so super good. fly. I want to be a lesbian with her. She's barely in it. Wait, she steals maybe it's the also show. about the cycle of abuse that continues through generations too. Uh, oh, well, yeah. I, yeah, I, no, I actually totally. had Catherine Zeta Jones as the opposite version of femininity from our main character, and yeah. it's this delightful yin yang. Yeah. Yes, I do love Catherine Zeta Jones too. She's 
such a babe and yeah. has the nicest voice. And she does. God damn. She, she just seems like she would be too. a good person to yeah. like hang out with too. You know. A cute thing that I read on IMDb is that Liam Neeson named her the gazelle something because every running scene she would just book it and no one could keep up with her because she's so fast. Mm. Like all the running well, scenes at the end her. of the movie. She's just the gazelle. Something with majestic I gazelle. I would not be the gazelle. So you guys aren't into scary movies. We got you because we love you and you're our friends. What is the scariest movie you've ever seen? Oh, gosh. Like something that actually scared you and maybe turned you off to scary movies. I don't know. Well, it didn't turn me off, but uh, Get Out, the most uh, recent, mm-hmm. like, I would say scary thriller more. Like, I was literally caught up watching that movie, and I, like, just reliving it is is a little bit of trauma, but delightful trauma, because the movie ends in the best way. We saw it at the theater. Oh, yes. And we saw it at, like, Star John R., and it was primarily, like, black people in the audience. When that door opens. And that fucking last scene, <laughs> let me tell you, the oh fucking tension in that theater, that I was, just... <laughs> like, I was about to fall off. I'm oh, sorry. My, like, I was about to fall off of my seat because I was just, like... Do not tell me mm-hmm. that what I think is going to happen is going to happen right now. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, my God. Right. No, no. And it was just like. You could and feel then, like, it in the room. Once, yes. once he got out of the car, the d- everyone was just like. Oh. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. So happy. It was like. The, it was you, so good. Yeah. You guys suggested doing such that movie. Such a shared experience. And I would. I, I love that movie. It is such a strong message. A great movie. This is a comedy podcast. I feel like that would just be like an hour or yeah. a half hour of like uh, serious talk about oh, yeah. social yeah. situations. Every scene Fuck, could be taken apart. Like we so could good. joke about the end yeah. and the shitty white people that live in that house, especially when they have that dinner party. But there is mm-hmm. not much to joke about that movie. No. And, and it's great. It's but. scary yeah. how because it's real. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Like yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. It's just get letting you finish. I grew up in fucking Birmingham. Like that shit that attitude is there it's still it's still happening it's like absolutely i first so this is maybe kind of silly but i first watched this movie not too long ago with two of my besties and by the end of it i was in such a strange place it was at this it was like the same spot of after i came out of 12 years a slave right just that intense tension of like holy shit how Mm -hmm. do you even digest Mm -hmm. this Mm -hmm. and going home and just chewing on it and being like woof yeah have you watched it again since the first time you saw it i have not but that was part of my plan for soon you should because the second viewing it's like you catch you catch so much Mm -hmm. little shit like yeah these weird little details that you pick up on and then you're just like so appreciative of like the actual filmmaking part of totally. it and not just like Jordan Peele's a yeah. oh, yes. so good. I'm Absolutely. so glad he took over the Twilight Zone. He's done amazing things. Mm-hmm. Get out was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um did what's you see the other us? One? I did see I us. Did I liked that movie I so much. The subtlety of it was fantastic. That it. one's a good one too. But I just like I like the up-and-coming horror directors and writers, and he's definitely one of them that's just blowing it away. 
I can't wait to see what he does next. We did kind of get into a get out part of this. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Well, well good. good. We put it on both. I like it. <laughs> wait. What? You used to ask this, and you haven't asked it in a while. What are you afraid of? That's actually my notes, you beautiful, beautiful creature. <laughs> oh, um, I am afraid of the dark, really, mm-hmm. in truth. I... The idea of being blind is incredibly difficult for me to conceptualize because darkness is truly my biggest fear. Do you have a nightlight? I have nightlights randomly everywhere, but often you'll come into my house and don't kill me for this, but you'll find a light on. Yeah, no, it's fine. You're killing the earth. I know. No, I'm just kidding. I know. I'm kidding. It's <laughs> already. Oh, Trevor, what are you afraid of? Oh, like, what am I really afraid of? Like, ah. Uh... Or it can be something silly, like I said, butterflies. No, I, I, I'm definitely not afraid of butterflies, but to get, like, since I've been, like, so deep in this podcast so far, I'll keep going deep, and it's probably, like, like breathing warm air. <laughs> it sounds weird, I know, but that's just, like, the beginning of, like, then you don't have enough air. This goes back to some childhood BS, but, like, that really scares me. Warm air? Yes. So... Okay. I know you're afraid of scary movies, but recently I've actually seen you more afraid than I've ever seen you. It's just because of douchebags and Ferndale driving like a guy kind of got in Trevor's face. And I've never seen Trevor paranoid, but lately I've seen him more paranoid not to get too deep. But <laughs> people are scary sometimes. Oh, people are terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Especially people in these days and a- yeah. this day and age, like people will do some weird shit. That guy who. Yeah. You know, drove up on us tonight. Oh my gosh! Like in the same place. It's, it's weird. There's We've, a lot of naked aggression, and just people are frustrated and will find a way to like let it out. I think it's and Trump it's, impeachment. I, Every person is, that's I, aggressed I, against me has been. I know. A, I know. Uh, a baby boomer with like short uh, uh, gray hair. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's true. I, it's true. People well, pe- are scared. Well, people are scary and scared. But yeah. like, well, I've said it in the past, the only scary movies that truly scare me are Home Invasion or just yeah. a human being being a giant piece of shit. Like, not mm. a supernatural, not a ghost. Yeah. Like, we a human being. Yeah, losing your ability to have uh, overt control over your life is the scariest thing mm-hmm. ever. And those are... Uh, I think that's what Get Out did actually really yes. well. Those subtle ways that we lose control of our life, even as we give control to those people we love or whatever, it's scary as shit. Mm-hmm. So if you need someone to talk to, here's that. No, I don't have a hotline. <laughs> there are people to talk to, but. Well, that's all I've got for you. You have anything you want to say or plug i don't know if you're doing anything artistic lately (laughs) i want to suggest that all middle-aged males get some version of mental help i think Mm -hmm. after the last two minutes of this podcast i just think it's useful go talk to someone there's yeah i think anybody right any of any age too just like agreed you're if you're feeling it or if you need it just like 
Just do it. Help is good. It is. Let's wrap it, it into the movie. It's, Eleanor should have got help. Yeah. <laughs> it's good to talk it out. It's good to talk it out. The doctor also should have got help. He seems like he, there's a lots of people during his master's degree that steered him in the wrong direction. Yeah. And his boss in one of the first scenes seems like they're so disconnected that he should have never been doing this research in the first place. Mm-hmm. Plus, again, I question his actual psychological theories. I mean, he everyone that he had in this study showed narcissism as one of the top traits yet if you look at the actual movie he's the only true narcissist this in the room (laughs) motherfucker too like just a white guy able to breeze through his career probably getting promotions grant money oh you mean a particular set of skills all the (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Liam Neeson. Yes. I will find you. But, like, if that was a doctor of color, if that was a woman, like, hell no. There'd be all kinds of red tape and bullshit reviews and, like, committee hearings. But no, because he's a fucking Liam Neeson white guy. He gets to do whatever Able he wants. to just climb up that ladder of academia his Liam boss. Neeson. Fuck you. Liam Neeson trained Obi-Wan Kenobi, okay? <laughs> Liam Neeson. This is in the same universe? <laughs> Everything is in the same universe with Liam Neeson. Again, I will find you. <laughs> and I will kill Well, thank you guys for being on this episode of Bourbon and Blood, our episode number 66. It was Ooh. absolutely fun. Total pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. Thank Happy you. Halloween, everyone. Happy Halloween. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. (laughs) Cut his mic. (laughs) That's staying in. (laughs) Do it fucking live.